This is the law of Zarat. Leviticus 1457 ER4, 5781-April 16, 2021. This week's double Torah reading of Tazria Metzra deals exclusively with the subject of ritual purity and impurity, a very difficult concept for our modern minds to fully comprehend. To make things even more obscure, following the opening verses concerning the birth of a baby boy or girl, the mother's subsequent period of purification, concluding with the bringing of an offering to the Holy Temple, Parashat Tazria Metzra focuses exclusively on the even more obscure issue of Zarat, a particular type of ritual impurity caused by the appearance of lesions upon one's flesh, discoloration in one's garments or a mold-like discoloration of the stones of one's house. What are we to make of this? That Zarat, often mistranslated as leprosy, was a psychosomatic, or spiritual somatic ailment as made clear by Torah's assigning of the Kohanim, temple priests, to both diagnose and prescribe the ritual cure for the outbreak of the malady. The cure involved immersion in pure waters and the bringing of an offering once the symptoms had disappeared and the individual re-entered into a state of purity. Similar, but somewhat more extensive means were applied concerning a person whose garments or house became afflicted with Zarat. While certain aspects concerning ritual purity are still relevant to a modern Jewish lifestyle, the vast majority of the commandments concerning ritual purity are no longer applicable, by virtue of the fact that the Holy Temple is currently not standing. Naturally, being deprived of the actual application of these laws of purity for 2,000 years has made them much more foreign to our modern sensibilities, much more difficult to grasp intellectually. What does Torah intend by the terms tahara, purity, and tuma, impurity? Note that Torah doesn't employ an equivalent of our modern qualifier ritual in discussing purity. The modern use of the word ritual in this context is merely an admission of a lack of true understanding. In the Torah mindset tahara and tuma are two very real realities unto themselves. To put it simply, to be tahor, in a state of tahara, is to be connected to the life-giving force of the Creator. To be tamai, in a state of tuma, is to be disconnected from God's life-giving energy. The holy temple is the place on earth of the highest level of purity. It is there where God's presence, known as Shechina, is greatest on earth. This is why we cannot enter into the inner temple courtyards unless we have been sprinkled by the waters of the ashes of the red heifer, which render us pure of any impurity contracted through contact with death. Clearly, we aspire to be pure, to be connected to Hashem, and as close to His presence as possible. When the woman with whom Parashat Tazria Metzara opens, gives birth, she is rendered impure, due to the fact that her body has been temporarily rendered unable to produce new life, thus creating a temporary disconnect from God's life-giving force. The new mother's impurity is not a negative reflection of her, neither morally nor spiritually, God forbid, but a physiological reality into which she has temporarily entered. Her subsequent period of waiting the prescribed amount of days and immersing in the pure waters of a mikveh, returns her to her former state of purity. Our natural state is to be connected to God's life-generating energy and therefore pure. Impurity is a temporary disconnect from this reality that can be readily rectified via the Torah-prescribed remedies discussed above. As for the mysterious Zarat, a phenomenon which seems to have passed from the world many thousands of years ago, what was it all about? Identifiable by physical symptoms, it nevertheless was a spiritual malady, which, according to what we have learned, was somehow brought on by a disconnect to the life force. How so? Our sages teach us that Zarat was the result of Lashan Hara, evil speech, speaking negatively of others, being careless, insensitive and hurtful in how we speak of others, either to their faces, behind their backs, or, today, on social media. To speak ill of someone, Torah tells us, is a form of murder by diction, character assassination. Once upon a time, the speaker of Lashan Hara would come down with a case of Zarat. His use of evil speech would be immediately exposed, and shameful as that was, 
he or she was afforded a path back to purity and rehabilitation. Today, of course, it is much easier to get away with speaking ill of others. But suddenly this archaic, ancient, extinct affliction known as Zarat doesn't seem quite so obscure or dubious. For it makes explicit the power of language, the need to keep our sharp tongues sheathed and to speak only life-affirming words of positivity. For even necessary words of criticism can be couched positively. How the world might benefit today by a return of the Zarat affliction, as a guard against evil speech. But even without the reappearance of Zarat, we have the teachings of Torah and our sages to remind us that we need to be on the side of life and always in the life-affirming presence of God, and must be ever so careful of every word which exits our lips. For in our words is the power of life and death. Let's choose life, and guard our tongues.